Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. In today's video, we are going to tell you about all of the top running back sleepers that you need to know for your 2021 fantasy football drafts. Let's go. All right, Kev, it is August. That means it's draft season. That means we are prepping. Football is finally here. And that also means doing your homework, knowing your sleepers. So we got some sleepers that you guys need to keep your eyes on at the running back position. So let's just dive right into the goodness, shall we? Kev, I'm going to give you the floor first. Who is the first running back sleeper that you would like to talk about? Yeah, I don't know if he's so much as a, a sleeper as much as he was, you know, even just uh, two or three weeks ago. He's starting to rise up uh, the old ADP board. But uh, my first guy is Damian Harris. Um, he's going around 605, RB30 right now, FF. FFC ADP. So if you look at him like last year, he played in 10 games. He played 47% of the opportunities, 13.7 touches per game. He had 137 carries, 21 red zone touches, uh, 691 rushing yards, but he only had seven targets for 52 receiving yards. So he's not, he was not utilized at all in the passing game, which is a little bit different because he is, he was decent at, at Alabama. Um, I think he had 52 career receptions or something like that uh, at Alabama, but he's not a prolific pass catcher or anything like that, but I would call him more of a functional pass catcher, but seven targets is not something you want to see, but 9.1 fantasy points per game, which is 38th, but he was ultra efficient. 4.8 true yards per carry, which is sixth among all running backs, eighth in juke rate, 242 yards graded, which was 22nd, but 1.70 yards graded per touch, ninth among all running backs last year. And he also faced a stack front on 42% of his touches, but he still averaged 4.8 yards per carry, which was second among all running backs last year. Um, you know, he plays on a team that runs the ball a ton. Patriots ran the ball on 51% of their plays last year, which was second only to the Ravens. Of the 10 games he appeared in, Harris posted five top 24 performances and averaged 12, 12.0 points per game in those five games that he managed to rush for 100 yards uh, in three of those games and tied for the six most 100-yard games of any running back in 2020. Uh, some other good news, Rex Burkhead is gone. He averaged about six carries per game. Um, and he's at, he's been balling in camp, and he's actually been they've actually been utilizing him as a pass catcher as well. And so it's going to be interesting to see how they use him a little bit more this year. Sony Michelle is still there, so that is something to note. And then you also have uh, you know James White; they brought him back as well. So obviously he's going still going to be the pass catching back here. But I this offense is going to be much more of what much more of that. They're going to be running the ball. They're not going to be out here airing it out like they were like they used to with with Tom Brady. And so. You know, I, I know there's going to be some knock against them because of Cam Newton there and, you know, what, what what he can take away from him on the goal line. But I don't expect Cam Newton. Cam Newton's not going to start this entire year unless Cam Newton rips it, you know, just tears it up and returns to like, you know, 2016 Cam Newton, which I don't see happening. And so I think Mac Jones starts sooner rather than later. And once that happens, it really could be wheels up for Mac or for Damian Harris. And the thing I love about him the most is, is ADP. He's still not going, he's still not going really high. Uh, RB, or RB3 right now. And so I like the value you're able to get on him. Yes, he doesn't catch passes, which is something I look for. But if, if you're getting him, it's probably like your RB4. Um, you know, RB3, RB4. I don't mind that at all because I think there's going to be some opportunities there. He is going to get some goal line work. And just how, 
efficient he was. The hard part, though, I will say this, is I am certainly not someone who usually um, invests in Patriot running backs because Bill Belichick is the death to fantasy gamers. Uh, we, when we think we know what's going to happen, he flips the switch on you. I, uh, if Sony Michelle is gone, too, it is absolutely wheels up for Damian Harris because there's nobody else there outside of Ramondre Stevenson that they drafted uh, there that, that could really take away any touches from him. So I like him quite a bit. Uh, I think he takes another step forward in, in usage, and so I like that as uh, you know, kind of that middle round guy. Yeah, it almost feels like as if we are being like baited into a trap with uh, with Damian Harris. But but I, but I do agree with with everything you said. I, I do like him as well. It's just it's odd that like both, especially like for both of us to kind of be on board and like, well, you know, he's he's getting talked up that you know Bills talking about him taking the next step forward and everything like. It, if this ends poorly, I won't be surprised. But as of right now, I am on the Damian Harris train as well. Uh, the first guy that I'm going to bring to the table, not necessarily a sleeper in the in the original sense. He's a name that we know, but he's being drafted as if he's not going to have any role. You're getting this guy as an RB4, and I think he should be going higher than that, quite frankly. And I'm talking about none other than Latavius Murray for the New Orleans Saints. Uh, Over on Fantasy Football Calculator, he is going in the 10th round as RB47. So damn near RB5. And we saw the the blurbs coming out earlier in the offseason before the Michael Thomas stuff hit. And they were talking about wanting to get get the running backs more involved early on we still don't know exactly what's going to go on in terms of the, the quarterback situation. So it makes sense to lean on the running backs earlier on in the season. And we know that the Saints and Sean Payton do not want to ride Alvin Kamara. He has never had more than 200 carries in the season. His highest was in 2018 with 194. I'm not using that to, to knock him at all because obviously for fantasy purposes, he's had triple digit targets, I think every year or maybe every year except one. So it's not a knock on him fantasy-wise, but we do know that Latavius Murray is going to filter in in this offense. And if he's going to be, if they're going to be talking about utilizing the running backs more, that's also going to be more uh, more volume and more touches for Latavius as well. So he's somebody who you can get, um, you know, to you were talking about RB three, RB four for Damian Harris. This guy you can get as your RB five, RB six. You know, if you want to pound running backs early and then leave those middle rounds completely open and completely free for running backs, and then get Latavius. He's someone who's going to have some standalone value. It isn't great whenever uh, he and Alvin Kamara are both healthy. He's only averaged 8.8 and 8.3 fantasy points per game with Kamara healthy. So obviously those, you know, under double-digit fantasy points per game isn't something that you know we want to go out and fall fall over trying to trying to draft and reach out for that guy. But again, RB 47, 10th round. And the thing here to note is in the, and it's a small sample size, I get it. But in the two games that Kamara missed last year, when Latavius Murray was able to get the the full workload, his per game averages over those two games, he bumps all the way up to 24 rushing attempts, 110 rushing yards per game in those two games. He also saw nine targets, seven receptions, and he is averaging almost 31 half PPR points per game. Again, two games, small sample size. But what this tells me is that whenever Kamara goes out, Latavius Murray is the guy. There's not necessarily somebody that they are, you know, rotating in with him if Kamara were to miss any time. So 
someone who you know could have some you know especially if you're in a, like a two flex league someone you can plug in that second flex spot feel good about but like i said with with the with the added volume that Latavius should see, especially early on in the season, combined with this draft price, I really like him. And it's in terms of a uh, a sleeper, quote unquote, but more like a, a guy who's undervalued currently in drafts. Yeah, I think he's always a strong like handcuff guy, a handcuff option, or I mean, not handcuff because I don't believe in handcuffing your running backs, but a guy that you should be looking to pick up in the later rounds that has immense value, much like an AJ Dillon, Tony Pollard. I think he, they're all in that same kind of role. If something happens to Alvin Kamara, it's going to be wheels up for Latavius Murray. And it wasn't just last year; he did it. he did it the year before too? Every time he's been given opportunity. He has made the most of it. So, um, and I, I do think that he is somebody that on certain weeks that you could possibly plug in as a, you know, as a, you know, as a flex option or something like that. If you absolutely needed somebody, I think he's not a bad option either. But yeah, so I, I agree on that. And I, I've always liked Latavius Murray. If you can get him in the later rounds, you know, stash him. You know, if something happens, you know, or if you're in a pinch, you could use him. Uh, I definitely think those are all in the range of possibilities for him. So, yeah, I, I, I like Latavius Murray. Uh, I'm going to go on to my next one. This is a tough one. For me, because I have always been a Chase Edmonds absolute stan, and I love Chase Edmonds, but I it's so hard to invest in this year when he's going at 512. People are hyping him up, calling him Austin Eckler light or Alvin Kamara light, you know, and I'm like, I love Chase Edmonds. I do. I love the player. He was great last year. I was targeting him everywhere, but he was also going significantly later. And so you could get him much more easier. And yes, he finishes a top 15 running back last year in PPR formats, but Here's the problem. Like, so like James Conner, they, they bring in James Conner. And I, I do think that he at least takes on some semblance of the Kenyon Drake role. So if you look at James Conner last year, he wasn't terrible. Um, he's currently going at RB 35 and underdog and 8.03 in uh, FFC. He averaged 12.7 fantasy points per game. He had 169 carries, 35 receptions on 43 targets, 935 total yards, six touchdowns. He was 20th in yards created, 24th in yards created per touch. He had 52 evaded tackles, which is pretty impressive considering he only played in 13 games. He was 19th in breakaway run rate. So, like, he wasn't as bad as people would make him out to be. But obviously, in the second half, the Steelers, the Steelers offense absolutely caved in and collapsed on itself. And so, you know, James Conner didn't really pay off the draft capital that he had last year. But if you look at Kenyon Drake last year, who wasn't great, but he still averaged 66% or he played 66% of the opportunities, which is 13th among all running backs, 16 carries per game, which was seventh most, 31 targets, uh, 25 receptions, 57 red zone touches, which is insane. 955 rushing yards, which is 12th most, 137 receiving yards, 12.8 fantasy points per game and 10 touchdowns, but he was not efficient. He was 0.66 yards created per touch is absolutely pathetic, which is 55th among all running backs. And there was a point last year where, you know, people were really talking about like clamoring, like get Chase Edmonds in there. Chase Edmonds needs to start. But so if we look at Chase Edmonds, I mean, he only played 38% of the opportunities, 97 carries, 68 targets, 25 red zone touches, 448 rushing yards, 402 receiving yards, 53 receptions, seventh most among all running backs, five total touchdowns, 10.5 fantasy points per game. Not all, He was also not very efficient, either 136 yards created and 0.91 yards created per touch, which is also 50th. Uh, only w- one goal line carry. Here's a fun fact for you. He only has one goal line carry in his entire career. One. He has never been utilized inside the red zone, inside the five, and he's not going to this year. I don't see that changing all of a sudden, but he was very useful in the passing game, and like that's what makes him so the, the upside is there, I, I guess, in PPR formats, but just not in the fifth round. Like There's some running backs in that range that I just really like, and I just can't see myself taking Chase Edmonds over him. And I know people are trying to call him, you know, you know, 
Austin Eckler, but I think that's a bridge too far. Just give me the just give me the discount on James Conner in the eighth round. And the way this hype is building for Chase Evans, I would be surprised if he falls down further than that. J- James Conner has looked good in camp, and you know I think he does take on that 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 Kenyon Drake role where he's going to handle the first second. Uh, first and second down he's going to be the goal line guy and so yes you know with with Kyler Murray there Kyler Murray is going to have some rushing touchdowns but it's not like but we're also not talking about like a Josh Allen type right like uh, Kyler Murray is much more small in frame so you're probably gonna be much more willing to give it to James Conner so I like James Conner going in the eighth round and I, I you know if you're waiting on running you take an anchor running back and you're waiting and then you know you come back in the fifth or sixth round give me Javante there and then if you want to take you know James Conner in the eighth. I think he's a decent flex option on a lot of weeks. And I think he'd be the, uh, or, you know, kind of a steal at his current ADP. Remember, last year, Kenyon Drake was going in the second round. Second round, people were all over themselves about Kenyon Drake last year. And now you're getting James Conner, who's likely going to have a very similar role, who's going in the eighth round. So I just think it's ridiculous. And so I, I like this offense. This offense is going to be better. They added Rodney Hudson. Uh, who is one of the better centers in all of football. So that's a big upgrade for them there too. So I don't know. I, I like James Conner and I don't, I don't really don't mind taking him in the eighth round. I think it's a good gamble to take. When that, when that signing first came across, I just completely dismissed it. I just the, great. This is fantastic news for Chase Edmonds. And we have not gotten that positive drum beat for Chase Edmonds the way that I thought we would. And in fact, the blurb that's been coming out with training camp is that this is more or less going to be a hot hand approach, which just sucks, man. I was really hoping Edmonds could take over this role and be the guy, you know, not, not someone who was going to get 250 carries or anything like that, but, you know, at least be the one a in this rotation. And it is looking like it's shaping up to be like a little bit of a headache. So in that case, give me the cheaper guy. And, uh, you know, Connor has now grown on me and I, I cannot, uh, cannot deny him any longer say goodbye to your credit card rewards greedy corporate mega stores led by walmart and target are pushing for a law in congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets the durbin marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it if you love your credit card rewards tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards tell them to oppose the durbin marshall credit card bill the second back that I'm going to bring to the sleeper table here is going to be Xavier Jones, who on underdog is going as RB54 at 189 and a half. And over on Fantasy Football Calculator, his ADP is three rounds higher at 1204, but he's still just RB54. And I'm not going to sit here and try and pretend like I, I am, uh, you know, Xavier Jones connoisseur and I know all this shit about him. I, I don't. But what I do know is that they are not going to be giving Daryl Henderson 22-25 carries per game the way that they were Cam Makers at the end of last season. And they've actually come out and said as much. Uh, McVay has said that you know they need to monitor his workload so that he's able to stay healthy for the duration of the season. So that, to me, does not sound like somebody who is just going to take over the Cam Makers role and just be that guy. They're going to be working other guys in. I do know they have guys like uh, Jake Funk, who some people are talking up at camp, but it is as if we sit right here today in early August, the one who's been getting the most positive buzz, especially from McVeigh, has been Xavier Jones. So if he ends up not being the guy and it is Funk or, or you know one of these other running backs, at this price, it doesn't matter. You cut him and move on. If 
you do want a, a little nugget to chew on to give you some, you know, a little bit of like some good feeling with trying to target somebody like Xavier Jones. In his last season at SMU, he had over 1,200 rushing yards and 23 touchdowns in his final season. And those 23 rushing touchdowns led the entire NCAA that year in 2019. So definitely some talent there. You're not just going to run for 23 touchdowns because, you know, like even at SMU, it's not Ohio State, I get it. But even at a, a D1 program like that, to be able to put up 23 touchdowns is still a uh, quite the feat. Like I said, led the entire NCAA. So for the, the RB2, I was expecting him to shoot up higher in draft boards and ADP, and he quite frankly hasn't. Now, maybe with some more positive buzz, he will. And maybe that'll end up being a spot that you know we won't necessarily want to target him. But like I said, August 5th, we are recording this RB54 on underdog. So give me that all day. I'm right there with you. I'm, I am uh, Team Xavier Jones in terms of the backup running backs in um, in, in, in LA, uh, you know, I did the Daryl Henderson kind of a uh, breakdown after right after the Cam Akers injury happened. And I, I kind of dug into, you know, these guys, Xavier Jones and um, Jake Funk and then Raymond Calais and just kind of see who these guys were. And, you know, he did stand out to me and he was talked up heavily last year. And in training camp last year was a guy that they really, really liked and how well that he really stood out to them last year, which is a testament as to why they didn't go out and add anybody. I mean, I think everybody was like, oh, they're going to go add somebody. Yeah. It, who the, and the speculation around was all like, you know, oh, Le'Veon Bell or are they going to bring Todd Gurley back and all this stuff. But I like the move. Like, Go with the young guy, right? Like those guys that are going to be there, they're always going to be there. Like Le'Veon Bell is still going to be sitting on his ass, you know, in September or October, right? Like let's see what you got in these guys. I think it's smart. Daryl Henderson isn't going to play in the preseason, so they're going to all these these running backs are going to get an opportunity to really, uh, you know, make themselves the RB two in this backfield. And if they can do so, they won't sign anybody. And I think that really could be wheels up for Xavier Jones. And if anything happens to Daryl Henderson, we really could be talking about somebody who's an absolute steal here in this backfield. So I do like Xavier Jones. I think he's the more explosive guy. Uh, people like Jake Funk because of his athletic profile, but he did absolutely nothing in college, nothing. He never got an opportunity, even when in his senior year, I think it was the year he kind of broke out a little bit, but he's also a really older prospect, but you know, yeah, it's Xavier Jones for me. So I do like that. And I've been targeting him in, uh, underdog draft. My last guy is a guy that I've been talking about all offseason, um, and it's not going to stop. And because I, I am firmly in this boat of this man, one Jarek McKinnon. A little, you know, last year uh, he was he was pretty good. Last year he wasn't bad for the 49ers. Uh, he played in 14 games, but he only played 39% of the snaps, much more of the pass catching running back there in San Fran. But he had 81 carries, 81 carries averaged about five. It was about 5.8 per game, 319 rushing yards, but he had 33 receptions on 46 targets, 253 receiving yards, which was 22nd, six total touchdowns. He had four, four goal line carries, only 7.5 fantasy points per game, but he had 139 yards created, 1.22 yards created per touch, but he had 7.7 yards per reception, 13th among all running backs. And and then 1.27 yards per route run, which was 18th among our running backs. And for the first half of the season, like he was being utilized pretty heavily, uh, especially when they had injuries. And uh, like three or four of the first six games that he played were double-digit fantasy points. So he still has something left in the tank. And I'll say this, at Chiefs training camp, 
Like, he has been getting a lot of buzz from Andy Reid, from Patrick Mahomes, talking about that this guy is going to be an absolute weapon for them. He's going to get opportunity. And if he can take over that number two running back job, like I think he could see 30 to 35% of the touches in this backfield. Clyde Rosilaire is not going to get 80% of the backfield. This is not going to happen. This is not the way that Andy Reid really operates. And so I think that could be good news. And I think you could see him being utilized heavily as a pass catcher here on third down. And so I, I like I like Jarek McKinnon. He's somebody that nobody, absolutely nobody's talking about whatsoever. And again, if anything were to happen to Clyde Edwards Lair, you know, I, I still think Daryl or Daryl Williams would probably get uh, an opportunity as well. But Jarek McKinnon, not that I think Jarek McKinnon would step in and be the lead back, but I think he would definitely be he- heavily utilized as a pass catching running back far more if, if Clyde Edwards Lair is gone. So if it were to get hurt, so or versus healthy. So I like Jarek McKinnon quite a bit. He's absolutely free uh, right now, and I think he's going to continue to be. And I think but he's going to be a guy that I think in PPR formats, I think can be a useful weapon. Um, you know, I don't think he's going to be like Nikeem Hines level good, but I think he could still finish as a, you know, you know, flex option type guy, you know, an RB4, something right around there. So I like Jarek McKinnon, but he's just nobody's talking about him whatsoever. It's the same thing with Xavier Jones, right? The price is right and he's in a good offense. And if he doesn't end up working out, you cut him and move on. You know, these kind of guys at the end of your draft are typically going to be the ones that, you know, when injuries hit, bi-week apocalypses and all that stuff, these are the guys who you are going to be looking to cut first anyway. So you might as well take a shot on someone who is in an explosive offense the way that those two are. But that is going to wrap it up. That is our video on the top five running back sleepers for 2021 fantasy football. We appreciate you guys checking out. Please hit us with a like. Subscribe if you're not yet subscribed. The Discord is growing. If you have any questions on anything, please jump in. Just any general talk, redraft, dynasty, Debbie, DFS is going to be kicking back up. So we would love to see you guys over in the Discord. And make sure you drop a comment. Let us know if if there are any other uh, sleepers that we did not mention that you are targeting in your upcoming drafts. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.